0: Hello and welcome to Risk Chats with a Firm. I'm your host Paul Marshall. Today we speak with Jonelle Pianta, she's the Chief Risk Officer at the HUD OIG. So we'll talk about why HUD's OIG decided to have its own Chief Risk Officer, its own ERM program, some of the unique risks and challenges that OIGs face and the OIG's role in auditing agency ERM programs. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm happy to have with me Janelle Pianta from HUD OIG. She is the Chief Risk Officer. So, good morning, Janelle, and please introduce yourself.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, I have been Chief Risk Officer within our agency since about... October, about a year and a half, so October 2017. uh, We started setting up the program March of 2017 um, and before that point I didn't know anything about ERM so it was uh, a a quick uphill climb for me Um, but we uh, set up our program and we were very lucky to have our IG 100% supporting this and pushing for the program to be developed.
0: Great. Well, so let's talk about a little bit, you know, why did you all decide to set up a separate ERM program and a chief risk officer just for, you know, for the OIG? I think that's a little bit unique in, in, in the government right now. You don't see that everywhere. So, you know, what, why, why did you all decide to do that?
1: you're absolutely right Um, within the IG community there's no directive that an IG has to set up the program it's not really clear it's kind of a gray area but um, we decided that based on uh, an agency having to do it there were a lot of benefits to us starting our own program and that's actually how I started off my program Mm -hmm. I started talking with the top leaders in our organization about what are the benefits of it and why we should have it to get their buy-in from the Mm -hmm. beginning Uh, but definitely um, it's it it was something that IG wanted to get moving and going on uh, for our agency to have that as experience when we go to look at their program. Right. Once we set up our program we know what it took to get through and we can look at their program and understand how they're doing theirs as well. Um, But it was very intentional from our agency that this is just something that we have to do for a medium-sized organization.
0: Right and you know when you were all setting up I mean what kind of Guidance or things that you look for to, to set this up and to kind of your guiding principles, so to speak?
1: Uh- Yes, we, there's definitely a lot of guidance out there, that, and it's pretty much set up more for agencies than it is actually for us. Right. So it was a little bit challenging. Luckily, I had a lot of networking with other IGs that were already starting their programs, mm-hmm. and SIGI has an informal ERM working group as well. Um, what I did is working with those other agencies, we kind of worked together sharing our um, how we developed our program. And it really gave me a lot of insight into the kind of challenges I would face so I could see them in advance and start building my program based on what they do and based on how our agency works. So within HUD OIG, we uh, have certain ways that we work and I just kind of fit my whole framework around how we do things compared to where we needed to be. Right. I can't. I can honestly say we've mm. had a couple reiterations since then. So as we try things out, we change them and update our our uh, framework so that it works for us.
0: Right now, is that something you formally have written out and you know, kind of a, a document? You got a guiding document at your agency right now, uh, a HUD-specific, you know, framework, or you kind of based on what's already out there for general guidance?
1: Uh, we have our own framework that we developed for HUD OIG, and okay. then we have two revisions since. Oh, wow.
0: So so let's go back to Siggy. So everybody here knows this is the Council of the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency. All right, I got that right. Good. You did. (laughs) So uh, tell us a little bit more about this. It sounds like a great resource for uh, things like this. And, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about what they do as far as ERM is concerned and maybe another couple initiatives.
1: Uh, Yeah, definitely. They have, um, it's just for IGs working together. Um, We find ways to pool resources sometimes, um, new and breaking areas, they definitely want to make sure that the IGs maintain integrity um, and compliance uh, and efficiencies. Right. So they focus on those areas. Uh, our ERM working group is an informal group. Um, when they set up a real working group, there's a lot of requirements and bars you have to hit. Mm-hmm. But for ours, uh, we pretty much are taking up a space right now on their webpage, so I think any ID- that are out there looking to start their program should reach out uh, but we're gonna we're working on some uh, guidance that we'll be able to put on the website they're um, getting close to being ready to be published One's just how to set up your program mm. that framework uh, we have one that helps you understand how you will audit your agency when you get to that point yeah. uh, there is also another one for small groups those are the only ones I'm thinking of right now
0: right and I uh you know, is, I have a question, I mean, my thought is, you know, do you think every OIG out there needs a full-blown ERM program and chief risk officer, or is it just depends on the size or of the agency, perhaps, or the IG, or, you know, what do you think about something like that?
1: Uh, definitely something that should be considered. There are so many benefits to having the program. I think it's worth at least thinking. About and also how your risk culture works in your organization. If you have a very rich culture, if you if it's, especially if it's a small IG, maybe somebody doesn't have to be full time, but to gather those risks might be something someone needs to do and it may not be a full time job if those if people are comfortable sharing their risks and moving them up so that they're known and thought about and discussed before you know a a catastrophe can happen then it may not take as much work as larger organizations who have so many risks to juggle and so many people to worry about
0: right but I mean really no matter how big your organization it just seems like this function is something that should be considered and thought about and if it makes sense to have an official program or CRO then go for it right I mean
1: absolutely (laughs) absolutely go for it
0: there you go (laughs) Well, so let's get to some of the nitty-gritty, and uh, I'm definitely not asking you to uh, share your risk profile or anything like that, (laughs) Um, but, you know, just tell us a little bit about um, some of the goals you are trying to meet, you know, uh, a little more nitty-gritty on on what your program's trying to do at at HUD.
1: Great. Yeah, since we only started in 2017, we're still kind of new. Um, So our program is set up mostly to identify those initial risks, so Mm in March of last year we did our first risk profile and this month we're set to reassess it so i've gathered risks over the past year and gathered them all together for our risk management council to review again and reassess our risk profile Mm -hmm. so we're getting those main risks right there and in speaking to lower level staff i was actually able to gather a lot more um, risks that are only that only apply to our components so mm-hmm. maybe audit or investigations or evaluations so I was able to create those program risks so mm-hmm. what we're going towards now is to have those components start managing those risks that don't need to go up to our enterprise-wide risk list right or a risk profile even so we have our enterprise risk we have a profile within that just our top risk that we are prioritizing, and then each component will have their own to deal with. So we're working mm-hmm. on with the components to start developing that, make it richer, and gathering those
0: risks. Right, and I'm guessing you know your risk profile doesn't go to OMB, but that's like HUD as an agency. Their risk profile would go there, and maybe correct. Right. Yeah. Now, would you all do you all have any input into that list as well, to that profile?
1: We don't have any input because okay. those are management decisions, and IG has to remain independent. So we would not have any input into their decisions that go through it. Okay. The department does share their profile with us so that we can yeah. see what they're prioritizing. Um, and it's been, again, just like when we hand them our ideas on the top management challenges for the agency, there's no surprises there. When they send theirs back, no no surprises there. We, we pretty much know what's going, know what to expect. So um, mm-hmm. as long as we're seeing what we expect to see, we're good. Um, And as we work on our, uh, we're we're working on our planning process. So as we do that, we're also trying to better identify um, the risks that we see with HUD and Mm -hmm. be able to put it on a risk list that matches theirs. So we can look back and forth. Hey, we don't have this risk at all on our list, and they have it on theirs. Why is that? And that gives us opportunities to have discussions about what's going on what we might be missing what they might be missing and it, it really deepens what we can do right in our effectiveness i think
0: right and that makes sense and i would assume there would be things that would be similar on your list for any organization you know uh you know uh hr kind of things um just the quality of your products and reputation things like that um are there specific things that an ig you know w- would think about putting on their profile i mean you know what what specific risks do igs have to tackle
1: Oh, we really have to worry about our reputational risks. Uh Uh, We sit at our table and tell everybody what they're doing wrong, and it's so important that we make sure we're right when we point our finger. Mm -hmm. Um, If we wanna be impactful and wanna maintain our integrity, we've gotta be spot on. So a lot of our risks will definitely go around that, making sure that the work that we do is impactful, timely, it can be used, and it actually corrects things that are wrong.
0: Right um and then all the different functions i would assume you know you have your reports you have your investigations your audits your investigations maybe other special types of reviews and things i mean you're talking to all these folks to gather the risks right we are
1: okay and we also have to worry about our internal risks too so session planning uh, Hmm. training all of that that feeds into and supports us as well so right we do think about those
0: so then what is your role in helping to um, obviously you're identifying and gathering these together um i mean do you get involved in responses mitigation activities things like this
1: not so much our ERM program doesn't um really get involved between the department and the ig's products Mm -hmm. so we're Mm -hmm. more behind the scenes so that we can assess what we're doing to make sure those functions are working really well that in it the reason we set up our ERM program is to ensure that our strategic goals can be met and we're taking down those barriers keeping us from achieving our strategic goals. So those are our strategic goals. So we work behind the scenes to get there.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Well, let me ask again a little bit more uh, about your relationship with um, the ERM programs and the agency. So uh, again, could you just kind of get a little deeper on that? I think folks would be interested to understand what relationship there is between your program and HUD's program. And HUD has several different uh, you know, there's, a, there's an agency-level program, and then there's, there's, there's programs at, at other, you know, satellites and different offices, too. So, you know, what's your uh, relationship there?
1: Yeah, uh, well, as we discussed already, our program, our our risk profile will not roll up into HUD's, only because we don't have any say on theirs and they don't have any say on ours. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely really independent, but HUD's program is very complex in that they have to have a risk program inside each of the program areas. So PIH, um, you've already talked to on this program, Mm -hmm. uh, they have their own program that they set up and then they develop their risk and feed up their risk up to the agency Wide profile. Um, and actually, we worked together a little bit on this in the fact that as HUD started working with each program area and setting up their programs, mm-hmm. they were talking about how they were setting up the programs, and they invited us along to learn with them. So we weren't talking about the actual risk of a program area. We we're just talking about how, we, how they were doing it, and that gave us a lot of insight as well, not into just their programs, but also how an ERM program worked.
0: Okay. Works. And, uh, you know, again, so, you know, does the IG get involved even in a kind of a silent partner, whatever the right word is, and some of the high-level council meetings or things like that that happen in HUD about, around risk management, or do you all attend any of these meetings or anything like that?
1: Uh, not at this point. Okay. Uh, okay. Definitely as we start auditing the program, mm-hmm. um, we at some point when HUD is ready uh, and they're ready to be audited, have everything in order, that we can actually have a say. Uh, There's no sense going in early and saying, here's everything you're doing wrong when they haven't even got their whole program set up. So once they're ready to be audited, we're hoping that we can take a look at the profile, see where we might see something different, have some kind of conversations. Um, I also work in the area of strategic planning. Mm -hmm. So there are some, Meetings that we hold with the department that are on the strategic level um, It's not specifically because of ERM, but it all stays in with the same
0: loop, right? Well, so speaking of audits, so I understand you all have not audited any agency ERM programs as of yet. Correct. We have not. Already. Okay, but I would assume in the future, at some point, that's something you all would be looking at.
1: We will be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's necessary since uh, ERM program is mandated. Uh, it'll be something that we do want to look at. Uh, mm-hmm. We do look at the profile. We do um, some work, just especially behind the financial audit, uh, mm-hmm. which looks at how you and how you have how your internal controls are set up so when looking at internal controls those should be informed by your risks so right. we will we do look at them already a little bit in that fashion
0: and then you know what what will you all be using as a criteria you know to really uh, audit against you know again the GAO guidance the the COSO you know what what kind of you know criteria or guidance would you all be following
1: yeah exactly that the the COSO guide um, GAO's uh, and and we will look at their whole program starting with the framework, how they have it laid out in each program area, um, how they develop theirs. And also, I think a key part will be to look at their risk culture. Are they allowing risk to be raised from the lowest levels all the way up so that they're finding those problems that they have Mm -hmm. um, and identifying them? Everybody sees something different based on their level.
0: Um. That makes sense. So... um Now, I'm curious, too, you know, so your program started, you said, around 2017 Mm -hmm. timeframe. So, you know, how would you assess, you know, I guess they they say the maturity level, so to speak, where are you now and uh, where do you see yourself in the next few years? What areas are you trying to, uh, you know, expand upon?
1: I can say when I looked after my first year and I did my maturity test and I didn't see I improved much, I really got scared for my job. But (laughs) we don't seem to be moving very fast, but I think at the same time, since this is so new, I'm okay with that because I think we'll have a stronger program because of it. Uh, By being able to adjust the program to work through what we need to work through, we're going to build our culture strong enough so that it works, um, as I said, without the culture and everybody raising the rest internally, which we're good in some places but not every place, um, Mm -hmm. that we still need to have. Um, tentacles out there to to catch those risks we might be missing uh, so we'll keep working on those as we develop it again our, our components have to start gathering the risks and sending them up I can't do it all by myself forever
0: right um, so
1: that's where we would like to improve um, getting a risk cr- culture better so that we can do it more organically again a lot of it has to do with just recognizing the terminology and knowing what you're doing and be more intentional about it we make decisions about risk every day from the time we hit the snooze button in the morning till the time you know we pick which way we're going to head to work Um, so we always assess risk but if we don't think about it in the terms of um, getting them written down thinking them all the way through and knowing what to do when you hit that roadblock um, then we're not doing our EM process to our best advantage.
0: Right. Well, and actually, you know, when, when you did start the program, I mean, how did that go? Was that a, was there some challenges there getting people on board? Or, you know, give us a little bit of that kind of, you know, what, what it took to get things up and running.
1: Our biggest benefit was that we had tone from the top from the very oh, beginning. Good. The IG sent out an email and says, this is what we're doing <laughs> and we're going to do it. And Janelle's in charge. And, um, and I've had definite buy-in. I started with, um, meeting with the a- assistant inspector generals mm-hmm. uh, to get their buy-in on the program, give them the benefits and explain to them pretty much what was going to happen and why it was a good thing. Right. Uh, and then I even talked to the 15 levels, and then I've been going out to the regions to talk mm-hmm. with them too. Um, I'd like to take it one step further and start doing workshops with them to help them understand what they can do and how they can work together to bring these risks up uh, i think that'll be our next step but that tone at the top is made all the difference in the world for our organization i think and we lost our ig um, about a year and a half ago and we just got a new one in january and i can say even after he left our deputy ig continued to support the program and our new ig continues to support the program so never losing that tone at the top kept the program so far going strong
0: right well, and then, you know, what are some of the practical considerations here? You know, um, for example, how often, I mean, do you have a separate council, basically, that kind of, you know, different people from IG are involved in? Do you meet a certain amount of times per year and stay on top of the risks as they're, as they're evolving?
1: It's definitely different for every organization And looking at other frameworks. Uh, we originally set it up to reassess our risks every six months okay and then as we got close to that six month mark and didn't feel like we we're getting much done on those tough risks we s- expanded it to years so yeah, like i said yeah. it's it's got to fit what you do so right. right now it'll be a year for a while until and if we see our risk changing a lot maybe we mm-hmm. need to do it more often but we still do a little update every month we get together and we talk about where we're at on each of the risks and what we're doing just to keep it in the forefronts of our mind if we were only meeting once a year or every six months we'd probably wouldn't get very far but um, having those updates and sharing um, it is incredible Um, when our risk management council gets together Uh they're mostly assistant inspector generals um, so the highest level of our organization and they sit down it's like well I was looking at this and you get three four other people oh did you think about this what if we do this and we need to be careful about this so just chipping in on what we can do to address our risks has been so inspiring to see they just all group together and work together to support each other.
0: Well, along those lines, and I mean, I don't know if it's too early in the process yet for, for this, but I mean, are you starting to see some actual actions being taken because you've identified some risks and let's say, you know, something simple as a vendor you use or how you pay invoices or some operational things or even just how you do audit planning and then say, this is a big risk, so we need to change how we do it let's do a new policy let's do a new thing are you seeing these kinds of discrete actions starting to pop up a little bit
1: we are and uh, a little bit here and there Um, some things are easy to fix some things are much bigger Um, we've actually talked about getting a governance council to Mm -hmm. start managing instead of just handing the same budget to every group each year Mm -hmm. why not have a bigger group sit down and discuss here's the risks that are coming at us so that's one part of the program again to get maturity we have to look at our resources, whether it's money or people, right. and look at the work that we need to do and make our resources fit our work and what we need to accomplish and not the other way around.
0: Right. Well, this is great. It sounds like, uh, you know, this program's off and running and it's, uh, you know, again, it's kind of unique out there, but very, I mean, it's very interesting that OIG's taking it on. It's, it's, I think it'd be a, maybe an inspiration for other IGs to do the same.
1: I think it's a great program. <laughs> Everyone should jump on the wa- bandwagon.
0: All right. Well, you know, just a final uh, question for you. Again, if you're an IG out there and you're not doing this, I mean, what would, you, how would you say, how do you get started? You know, how do, you, how does an IG out there put a program together? You know.
1: Yeah. Definitely um, get get online, go to the SIGI website, and click on that informal ERM working group. We meet quarterly, mm-hmm. um, but there's also contacts on there. You can I. I I am a strong believer in talking to people outside your agency um, right. to get find out what other people are doing. We did that with our when we reassessed our planning. We get found out what everybody else was doing and took the best thing from everybody's program. Right. So just that networking, uh, talking to other people, finding out what the roadblocks that other people have had to already work through, save yourself some time. No reason to reinvent the wheel by, you know, taking that COSO guide and trying to draw one up from there. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah
0: okay well uh, Janelle thank you very much for joining us today I appreciate you coming in and uh, thanks again and uh, I will be interested to see how the program progresses over the years
1: thank you thank you for having me
0: thanks for tuning in that's our show make sure to go to afirm.org check out all our other podcasts should be an eventful year 2019 we have many podcasts coming up soon and as always, if you have ideas for guests or topics, please send us an email. So until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with A Firm.